Welcome to the Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. Hey, how's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. This is episode 39. Jamie Eads joining you as always. Thanks so much for tuning in. We certainly do appreciate it. Have a really good interview for you today. We will be joined in just a moment by Uli Salazar. Uli serves as the marketing and artist relations manager for Ludwig Drums. He's going to stop by and uh, talk to us all about uh, all things Ludwig, so you're not going to want to miss that. So please stay tuned for this message from Los Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Los Cabos Drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Los Cabos Drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand, and they are coming to a retailer near you. Los Cabos works hard to ensure they leave the world a better place than how they found it. In addition to their work with the FSC, which helps to prevent deforestation and manage environmental risks, Los Cabos Drumsticks also partners with many local and international nonprofit organizations, including Breast Cancer Can Stick It Foundation and the Canadian Cancer Society. To get involved, look for a Los Cabos pink dipped drumstick at your local music instrument retailer. With three different models to choose from and a portion of all proceeds going to support cancer research to find a cure, you might just find your new favorite drumstick. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Lost Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Lost Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned, going to be joined by Uli Salazar here in just a moment. Uli, of course, works as the marketing and artist relations manager for Ludwig Drums. Uh, He just has one of the coolest jobs in the drum industry, and he took some time out of his busy schedule up in Chicago to stop by and talk with us. Uh, about his uh, history and career as a drummer and how he ended up at Ludwig Drums. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So please help me welcome to the drum shuffle, Uli Salazar. Uli, how's it going this afternoon, brother? Good, man. How you doing? Man, I am doing well. How is, uh, how is life up in Chicago today? No complaints, man. It's a sunny day in October, 84, if you can believe that, in October. Um, surprisingly enough, I've noticed October over the last several years experiences more rain than we do all spring. So we're thankful for sunny days in October when we get them. <laughs> well, absolutely. Now, okay, I've got to ask right off the bat, are you a Sox or a Cubs guy? 
Uh, South Sider man, White Sox all the way. <laughs> okay, well, so I was getting ready to make the joke about October and Cubs baseball, but you know that joke kind of went away a couple of years ago. Yep. You know they they finally yep. uh, finally hung a hung a banner uh, out at Wrigley, but um, the bass player in my band uh, is a South Sider, and he would rather die than root for the Cubs. So <laughs> oh, I'm the same way through and through. I mean, it's great they won a championship, but yeah, I really couldn't care less. <laughs> uh, absolutely you south side guys are, are anti-cubbies so brutal, uh, yeah yeah for sure well cool well thanks for taking some time to come on the drum shuffle we really do appreciate it um i, I think this is going to be a fantastic hang and what we typically do uli is um you know we kind of go back to the beginning tell our audience how you got into music and and drumming to begin with my, my earliest uh, memory of, of music uh, comes from my dad. He um, had an extensive record collection uh, as a kid, and there was constantly always music playing, and something sort of connected with me in, in just the, the constant uh, presence of, of, of music and, and mostly really drawn to rhythm. My family sort of noticed early on that you know my body would sort of move to everything, and I would dance a lot. So they're like, Hey, maybe he's going to be a dancer. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, you're growing up with, with older brothers, they were sort of a good, um, influence and sort of guide to things that, that would, would essentially get me to drumming over the years. Uh, they took up guitar, uh, as kids and sort of introduced me to drummer friends of theirs that they played with in band and sort of being up close to that instrument finally after hearing it on a record all these years to sort of experience it in person uh say about fifth grade or so it really drew me into sort of what i needed um you know what, what i really wanted to do and explore and that, and that was drumming so at about uh, fifth grade or so, I finally dedicated to an instrument, which ended up being the drums. I started off on piano early on uh, as a kid, and uh, but always had a, a, that same appreciation for music that my dad and my brothers had. My dad's not a musician, but uh, being an, an avid uh, fan of music and bands and, and, and going to concerts and things like that, we sort of just inherited that, that same sort of bug and appreciation. And, and luckily, mine ended up... Uh, taking me to just committing my life to drums. So no complaints there. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, did you, uh, did you know after picking up the instrument that you were going to dedicate your life uh, to, to drumming or yeah. were you a sports guy? I mean, did you, uh, I guess, walk us through that progression of how you ultimately ended up at Ludwig, I guess. <laughs> Well, it, it's a long story, and, and, and to answer the, the question early on, I, I, I really didn't have a, a a direction or a defined plan of this is the route I'm going to go, this is what I'm going to do. I just sort of knew I wanted music and drums a part of my life at any capacity. But yeah, growing up in Chicago, obviously, massive sports fan. You know, you got the Bulls. I was around when they got all six championships in the 90s, so that was a big deal, exciting times to be in Chicago, uh, with, with some, uh, some, some very incredible championship teams there. Indeed. But, um, yeah, go ahead. I, I just said, indeed, they, that, that, oh, yeah. that team was a force to be reckoned with, but, uh, <laughs> so without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, for sure. But 
you know, I guess what I'm driving at, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but what I'm no, no. driving at, you know, you said you wanted to keep it in your life. So were you, did you do, you know, marching in high school or uh, concert bands, things like that? Yeah. So, so at about sixth grade or so, I got my, my first drum set after like playing all of my brother's friends' kids for, for about <laughs> a, a year or so. Um, I finally got my own kit and, you know, self-taught. I, you know, my, my parents weren't the biggest, or I, at the time my parents were split, so I lived with my mom in her house. So she wasn't at all a fan of me playing drums. And so she didn't, <laughs> she, she, yeah, she, she wasn't gonna, you know, um, you know, go out of her way to get lessons for me. And for, she was just kind of hoping for that itch to die. And she'd be like, Oh, he'll get over it. And I don't have to listen to that racket all day long. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, so, yeah. She wasn't trying to influence that in any way, but, um, nonetheless, you know, music kept me really inspired. And so I would just play along to records for years and years up until I got to high school. And that's where I finally took up music in a more sort of formal setting and learned, uh, an array of, of percussion instruments uh, there, and I also ended up picking up trumpet for whatever reason. I, I was just always attracted to that instrument and that sound, and wanted to sort of um, just expand my knowledge and understanding of, of music through getting into another instrument, things like that. So, ended up picking up reading music through through trumpet and percussion ensembles and band and things like that, um, and. Yeah, just pretty much went went through through high school in in music to some capacity, whether I was playing trumpet or drums. But I did play drums a ton outside of school. I was always in, in and out of bands um, of all sorts. And anybody that needed a drummer, I was I was willing and ready to play. So, um, and after school, my regiment was put on whatever record I was obsessed with at the time and try to master it from front to back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so many of us went down that that rabbit hole, you know, just playing along with your favorite records. Who, who were some of the uh, influences you had? Uh, early on, there was a, a lot of classic rock influence, obviously, for, from my dad. And, and my earliest memory of, of music was The Clash. And The Clash were a really important band for me, even to this day. Um, I think there was something very interesting and unique that I was able to sort of finally pick apart and dissect the older I got with Toppers drumming in, in that band, in that setting. Um, in high school, I listened, sort of followed suit to more sort of angry punk rock music. <laughs> <laughs> um, and towards the end of that, got more into, into hip hop and from hip hop sort of dug into Motown as a lot of uh, those breakbeats were sort of sampled from early uh, soul music and R&B and things like that. And so sort of got into more concentrated, uh, more focused sort of drumming with, with uh, Booker Chain, the MGs and things like that, and a lot of stuff on Stax and, and Motown. Um, but yeah, it definitely never sort of stuck to to a genre. Uh, and, and I was glad that sort of my, my taste started to develop and my um, uh, excitement for music and, and, and uh, just having that bug to explore it more and more sort of grew. Um, so I, I really got to expose myself to a lot of music um, by the time I graduated high school, which is pretty excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it makes you a, a very well-rounded musician if you don't just dive into one single genre and, and live there for the rest of your life. Um, totally. you, you know, and you, you mentioned, you know, stacks and, you know, the, the great stuff that, that came out of Memphis and, at that time and Motown and, 
you, you know, you said you were getting into hip hop and some of those break beats were sampled from there. I, I find mm-hmm. it really interesting that you get to work with Questlove, you know, pretty much on a day to day basis now, who, who is the master of that stuff. I mean, that's got to be a thrill for for a kid from Chicago, right? Totally. It's, it's kind of unreal because that was my introduction to hip hop. I, I dated a girl in high school whose brother was an MC and they had a, she, she let me borrow the, the record. Do you want more? She's like, yeah, you should really dig into this. Like Questlove, the drummer in this band. Like, I think you could really connect cause she knew I was a drummer. You, you know, she was just like, you could really connect with this, this record. I think give, give it a shot. And, um, yeah, that's sort of where it all started. It was no looking back after that. And there was a, a very deep obsession with that group and, and, and Questlove and crazy all these years later that like I'm helping design kits for him and, and, and whatnot. So yeah, yeah just pretty well. Just unreal. I mean, that's what an awesome story. Um, so, you know, obviously you said you were playing drums in a lot of bands around Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. as you became an adult. Um, did you chase it as an artist for quite some time before you got over to, to the manufacturing and marketing side, or did they both kind of happen at the same time? Um, not, not really. It sort of went through several steps and, and, uh, goals, I guess, uh, over the years. I, I, the thing that sort of always kept me in music was I wasn't playing in a band. I, I got into music retail, uh, just outside of uh, high school and college, uh, working at guitar center, um, and just sort of putting myself through, through college and school and sort of, you know, obviously with, with the importance of like being, you know, the, the end goal to be financially stable and responsible and whatnot, I was sort of chasing a career that led to that in an almost guaranteed, in a guaranteed way. I understood, you know, very early on music is, is definitely a big risk to, to make <laughs> it and to be successful and continue to thrive, uh, as many of us know. And I, I guess I never had all that confidence in my, in myself or had a lack of confidence that I could really push myself and discipline myself to really do that. And I felt that it was a really big risk and also pressure from parents and whatnot. So I was like, well, I'm going to go a more traditional route and pursue a degree in psychology and and see where that takes me. Um, That seemed like more of a sure bet. So I did that, but while outside of that process, I um, was in music retail. So that sort of kept my one foot in and one foot out in the world of music. And so obviously being a music retail, so pursued playing in bands had, the ability to acquire and buy gear um, at great discounts from from being an employee. Sure. <laughs> so I would, uh, I would, I would hoard gear and take it apart and, and figure out how things work and why, and and just wanted to learn more. And I found myself sort of continuing to apply myself more to um, understanding um, the 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 form and, and function of the instrument that I play, as much as I obsessed over playing and, and learning how to develop as a player sort of started wanting to know more about the instrument and, and what it is and why it does what it does and how much further it can go, that sort of thing. And um, towards the junior year of, of my my run in, in college, I decided to um, take a break and, and go into woodworking. And I went to... Uh, uh, woodworking school here in Chicago for a few years and studied uh, furniture making, which um, 
was sort of my introduction to many of the tools and, and processes that go into making a drum. The end goal at that point was to figure out how to how to build my very first drum and um, yeah, uh, got got to learn how to sort of craft and and, and apply those skills to, to that purpose over the years. And um, yeah, that that opened up like having that knowledge of the instrument opened up a ton of opportunity for me. Um, I think one of the, the biggest things I did outside of music retail um, was uh, teching for Blue Man Group in Chicago. Uh, and I did a little bit of uh, the North American tour as well. That was sort of my first foot in a professional line, sort of servicing the instrument and, and being at the service of the instrument as opposed to being a player. And uh, doing that and, and continuing onward sort of opened up, c- continued to open up um, doors um, uh, when, when, at, at any possible opportunity. Um, there was always a, a, something there that I could jump into and say, hey, I think I can do this. I'm going to go after it. And I um, met a lot of great people along the way uh, in, in, during my time in, in music retail and as well with um, doing a lot of tech work and, and restoration. So that sort of eventually long story short um got me to to uh, jump in as a member of the Ludwig team uh, early on um in 2014 i think it was September 2014 or October sorry October 2014 well so it's your anniversary month as we speak so uh, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool um now for you this month yeah, for sure. So, did you did you jump right in on the marketing and artist relations side, or were you more on the the retail, uh, you know, servicing dealers at first when you started with with Ludwig? Um, I actually started uh, the position I applied for was artist relations manager, and um, I got hired on, um, and about three years into. Um, having that role, I, I got promoted to marketing manager. So, so yeah, very early on, it was very pro artist centric. Um, and through, through working with artists, it's sort of a natural transition to sort of collaborate on projects, you know, with, with influencer marketing initiatives and things like that. And, um, I helped launch the, um, the pocket kit, which was the, the children's set that Questlove um, designed and um, helped finalize a lot of those designs with, with him and his team and, and bring that to, to market. So a lot of sort of being thrown into that world from already sort of dealing with the artists and things like that um, introduced me to um, an area of interest that I never thought I had with, with marketing and sort of developing a story and, and, and telling that story and communicating it um, and putting together a a strategy for, for, for a product release. To me, that sort of put me back in the wheelhouse of, um, of, of, of being creative. I think one of the things that I thrive on and many musicians do is, is a creative process, crafting something from the ground up and then seeing the final result. I sort of got that same fulfillment out of making drums. You know, you, you take a you know, piece of, of, of bare material and turn it into something that, that's playable and has got a really great look. And I sort of felt that was what I was doing with a lot of the marketing and, and, and project and product releases that, that we were doing at Ludwig. And it, it, it was sort of an, an unexpected, like, satisfaction for me to do that. Um, but it, it was great because I, I felt like it, it always sort of continued to f- fulfill that creative bug 
in me. Um, it was just sort of a, a different application, but all sort of intertwined and related with music, which I'm very fortunate it, it sort of taken that shape. Absolutely. Well, and, and what a palette you have to work with. I mean, you know, Ludwig is, um, I mean, it just goes without saying, you know, it, it is the company of Bonham. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't yeah. get much bigger than that. Um, you know, and, and Ludwig's been around for over a hundred years. So, I mean, you had yeah. all of that history, um, you know, to, to, I guess, fall back on, you know, Ringo and, and, you know, as I said, John Bonham and, you know, at one time, Charlie Watts, Buddy Rich, you know, I mean, just everybody that, that all of us drummers, you know, hope to emulate and idolize have all been on the Ludwig roster at one time or another. Um, so, you know, as, as the, the young guy coming in, in artist relations and marketing, you know, four years ago, um, you know, I know, you know, the history of Ludwig, obviously, but I mean, wh what kind of pressure was that like to come into a company like, like Ludwig and be in charge of, you know, that artist roster? It was, it was pretty int intimidating. I mean, I felt like in the industry, there really wasn't a lot of individuals, um, in my, uh, sort of my, my age bracket, um, at the time, um, several guys a little bit older than, than myself, but it was definitely very, very intimidating because you definitely had um, the bulk of the industry were, were pretty well seasoned vets as have been in the industry for, for decades. Um, so that was, that was very intimidating early on. I, I, I knew I knew my stuff. I mean, I, I obsessed over it for years, especially the history of this particular brand. Um, you know, being from Chicago, I had a very strong affinity to the Ludwig, uh, brand and product is that stuff was made in my backyard, you know, growing up in, in Chicago, especially in the nineties, you know, there was, there's a, there was always a, a big sense of pride of, of being in the city and being a part of the city. And I'd say probably a lot of that comes from, from sports, from bulls, <laughs> sure. Chicago bulls and things like that. But for me, the more I got into music and, and sort of understanding the the band that, that came out of Chicago as well, there was, there was always a very strong pride that I had for, for the city that, that I was from. And I was very fortunate to be from, from this town. Um, so I, I really dove into the, the, the Ludwig story and, and the legacy at a very early age and, and sort of obsessed about it and, and really started to network and, and talk to, to, to people in the industry and peers that were older than me to sort of know more and, and dig further into that story. And I think people sort sort of having recognized, um, that excitement and, and appreciation for the brand, I think it sort of helped me position myself in 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 a role where, you know, as, as I mentioned, it was very intimidating very early on, just being as young as I am. But but I think people sort of knew that that I, that I had the the knowledge and the information and and, and the appreciation and the respect um, for this brand in my pocket all the time, and and that that definitely helped. Uh, me sort of come out of that that sort of nervous shell of like oh man I think uh, people don't really recognize that I I know what I'm doing or maybe people see me as some some young chump just trying to figure it out but uh, <laughs> I I wasn't I wasn't at the same time <laughs> for sure well you know one of the things that that Ludwig has I I think been very 
successful with from a marketing perspective. You know, when I was a young drummer 30 years ago, um, Ludwig was very much out of favor. You know, you didn't see Ludwig kits on MTV. That was all the rage at the time. You, you, you just didn't see Ludwig as a rock and roll instrument anymore. And, you know, that was kind of shortly after operations, you know, manufacturing operations had moved down to Monroe. Um, and I think Ludwig's flagship at the time was kind of like the, the Ludwig rockers, you know, um, that, that was what was being pushed from a marketing standpoint. And then somewhere in the 90s, I think there was this rebirth and and burgeoning vintage drum craze, you know, and yeah. it, back then they were just called used drums. And, <laughs> you know, everybody started wanting to get a Ringo kit or get a Bonham kit. And the only thing that, you, that that was there that was like that was Ludwig. And I think Ludwig capitalized on that and the quality of the instrument came back to where it had once been. So, you know, I, I'm not trying to put words into anybody's mouth at Ludwig, but that's just kind of my perception through my lens. Um, you know, speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Ludwig has, has gone obviously with, with a long history as we have, I think any, any company sort of experiences ups and downs. I think our biggest challenge around that time was you had a lot of offshore brands coming in with a lot of innovative ideas at a price that we couldn't really touch. I mean, if you look back at the eighties, there was a lot of American companies that were practically out of business at that point or, or on the verge of going out of business. And many of them were, I guess, saved through being purchased by other companies and whatnot, but there's very little of those original American brands left that, you know, I think are really the only thriving ones or, or consistent um, companies right now are ourselves and, and Gretsch. Um, but the, the company w was still ha having, being one of the few USA companies, uh, drum companies that does orchestral and marching and drum set percussion, I think that has always worked to our advantage and, and why we've continued to stay relevant all these years. And I wouldn't necessarily attribute it to, to obviously, yes, yes, our history and classic drummers. But I think during the 90s, a lot of the things that continued to sort of keep Ludwig moving forward was the fact that we were one of those brands that was, a, you know, your one-stop shop for all things percussion. And really at the time, I mean, the, the people that were, were running the, the show were, were doing an, an incredible job. I just think that they, we were sort of... Um, there was there was a, a much bigger light sort of shown down onto uh, competitor brands and things like that. So it really pressured us to sort of reinvent and reimagine our approach to sort of continue to move forward as a contemporary brand and as a relevant brand. And, and they've done an incredible job. So sort of being able to take carry on that torch and and and, and try to move it forward is is um, a, a very big big honor um, to, to be a part of the, the team to do that. But um, yeah, I think, you know, lucky we, we, that we have, um, you know, the great history that we do with many great, well-known and recognized and admired drummers. But I think at the same time, um, you know, there's no denying, um, you know, the extent to our product catalog and the quality of it. Um, 
I think uh, that 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 sound, that Ludwig sound, you know, the good thing is is uh, you know it's very well recognized uh, till this day because it's been captured on so many records over the years, um, and people started to sort of recognize that we make drums out of the same machinery that we did all those years later, not much changes. So we've captured a lot of the same aesthetic and design and sort of mojo from our drums of the past. And, uh, you know, thankfully all those drums lasted decades and decades and decades to continue to remind people, you know, especially from the vintage market that, uh, you know, Ludwig is still around and, and, and still relevant. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you said a mouthful there, you know, I mean, it's, I, I think it is a testament to the brand that, you know, it, it is the most coveted, you know, vintage instrument out there, you know, it is, you know, the, the 60s Ludwig drums, you know, um, and the brand is just thriving today. Um, you know, I bought a classic maple kit back in, gosh, I want to say it was like uh, 2008 or so. Um, you know, I had kind of gotten the vintage bug. I've, I've got a uh, a 66 black diamond pearl kit um, and I wanted a, a modern classic maple kit. So I, I did a special order um, and I, I would put it up against anything. You know, I mean, the quality was just fantastic. It was a beautiful kit. Sounds great. I do a lot of recording with that kit. Um, I, I got smaller sizes for kind of coffee house gigs and, and whatnot, but um, I do a lot of recording uh, with that kit. And, you know, I think it's a testament to the fact that, yes, there is mojo and yes, all those recordings. I mean, you know, the the Supra, the, the uh, snare drum is the most recorded snare drum, uh, you know, on earth. And that's not just yeah. marketing BS. That's <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, all yeah. of those hit records uh, had a had a Supra on it. And, you know, they're still made the exact same way. Um, I just recently had John Aldridge on the show. And I just sent, um, you know, I've got a, a six and a half black beauty that I sent to him to have engraved. I had always wanted one engraved and I sent one to John Aldridge and, you know, a black beauty is going to sound like a black beauty, no matter what era, where it came from. It, they're the same today as they were 40 years ago, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, the, it's, it's hard to beat those drums. Um, you know, to, to, I mean, you, you always want to beat those drums. <laughs> exactly. Sound wise, it, it, it's very tough to, to, to sort of say no to that particular drum and that sound. It just always seems to work. I mean, you play them and I've always just felt that, that, that that's exactly the way drums should sound like. You, you hit that drum, it does what it needs to do. They're super easy to work with and very con- uh, consistent at the same time and and they they always tend to bring out um, because they're, they're so they're so rich sounding i feel like they influence creativity in in a far greater way than, than other instruments that, that i've ever played before um that's what i've always enjoyed and found special about, about uh, our particular product and and take on on drums and and, and our design um has been modeled quite a bit uh over the years uh, for a good reason, but I, I think um, I think we, we we definitely landed on something that that is is timeless for sure. It absolutely is, and no matter how you tune them, they they just sound fantastic in a track. They really do. Um, 
Uli, I, I want to switch gears just a little bit. And if you will put on your artist relations hat for just a minute, um, you know, a lot of folks ask me all the time, you know, I, I have some relationships with with some companies, um, you know, uh, that, that I'm very proud of. And, and I love those relationships that I have and they support me uh, tremendously um, in what I do as a player. Um, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, what it takes to become an artist on the Ludwig roster. What are you guys looking for? Because, you know, I, I get the question all the time uh, or I hear the comment. I got endorsed by, you know, X drumsticks, whatever the case may be. And, and I always say, no, 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 you're you're giving your endorsement to the brand. But you know, a lot of people, I think a lot of young drummers, especially, they think that they've made it when they sign that, you know, endorsement deal or, or artist contract with a company. And that's not really the case. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about how you start a relationship with a company and, and what you guys are looking for and how that process goes? Totally. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I would say that the sort of our story is specific to or our approach really specific to our brand. I'm sure everybody has their, their own specific uh, agenda and uh, initiatives that, that they want to pursue um, with sort of e- even, even entertaining an endorsement program or endorsement uh, initiatives with, with artists. Um, for, for Ludwig, you know, we really, we really look at, establishing a, a, a continued connection with the drum community. I mean, it, internally, we're, we're very few people. We're a handful of people. And to sort of know and be there as sort of um, uh, a resource to up-and-coming drummers and even pro drummers, it's, it's very difficult for us to sort of be an open line um, with all of these people. So we really look at... Um, uh, endorsers of, of, of our, our product and, and, and um, the brand to sort of be be boots on the ground for us and be our, our conduit to the market and help us communicate what it is that we do, um, why and how it can be um, beneficial to to many drummers coming up today, whether you're um, you know beginner, intermediate level drummer, studio drummer, engineer, what have you. Um, you know, a lot of artists help us tell that story and the process to, to becoming an artist sort of, sort of varies. I mean, we don't, we don't necessarily narrow our scope to all-star drummers, you know, that are playing sold out stadiums and, and things like that. We really look at sort of, um, many categories that exist in the music community and sort of existing to some capacity in each pocket so that we can be um, sort of present um, as, as a resource in each one of those areas through, through an artist of ours. And, um, you know, we, we hope that uh, many of the artists for us are, are out there sort of um, sharing their excitement and passion for our instrument um, and drumming uh, in, in general, but, but specifically what we do as, as a brand and what, it has to offer for, for many drummers today. Um, the selection process uh, inside, we go through 
uh, to sort of break it down, we, we go through an application process for, for a, a lot of artists. And we sort of analyze and assess an artist's background and see how a collaboration could help benefit our initiatives internally. And, you know, we set out a yearly goal on sort of what we want to do, what we need to accomplish as a brand and, um, you know, rely on artists to really help us um, carry out a lot of those initiatives that we have internally uh, as a brand. Um, We're very focused on continuing to sort of bridge the gap between us uh, and the player. And the artist is sort of one of the, the most um, con- convenient ways of sort of mending that, that, that gap and establishing them essentially as a liaison for, for us to, to the community. And so, um, so having a, a mutual collaboration between uh, an artist and, and the company is, is very important. And that's sort of where the, the bulk of the focus is. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's, sort of it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, some of the, the, the companies that, that I endorse, um, you know, I, I hear the horror stories uh, all the time of, you know, the, the cold email, uh, Hey man, uh, can I get some free stuff? Uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure you get those emails too, or, or texts or, or whatever, you know, that's, that's not really how, this whole thing is is supposed to work. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, n- not necessarily in our in our industry. Um, I think having access to um, you know uh, discounted gear or, or rental gear and things like that is is one of the more common benefits to endorsements these days. I think so many people are used to what endorsements are. I guess more in a, in the mainstream setting with like LeBron James. I'm sure you know he gets. His, you know, his headphones for free, his pants for free, his socks for free, his shoes for free. So I think a lot of people see that and they're like, well, that's how things work, right? That's how endorsements work. I was like, well, yeah, when you're LeBron James and you're in the escape, <laughs> there, we're drummers. There, there you go. The well, music business. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what I was hoping you would say, because I want to get that out there. Because, you know, I, I mean, I've had a lot of um, younger players ask me, you know, how cool is it that you get your symbols for free? And I'm like, dude, I don't, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's not how this works. It, it is a two way street. It's a relationship that you have with a company. Um, and, and you're helping to guide people to that brand. And in yeah. turn, they'll give you a discount. Or if you're playing in Topeka at a you know last minute notice, they'll get you hooked up with a backline company to make sure you get to use the gear you want to use. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I think it's hard for a lot of younger drummers to kind of get their head around that. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure we we at least touched on that while we had you on the show here. Um, one other thing that I'm a, a little bit curious about. Talk to us a little bit about your your current artist roster. Of course, everybody knows that that Ringo is playing Ludwig and Questlove, and and you know um, we had uh, Bermuda on the show a while back. He's a longtime uh, Ludwig artist, um, but it's not all guys that are playing at that level. Tell us about um, you know the the kind of volume we're talking about. You've got what three hundred. Uh, international artists or so that you're taking care of on a day-to-day basis? 
Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a roster of about 300 uh, worldwide, and um, you know, as I mentioned before, they it, it, our focus isn't necessarily you know those drummers playing sold out stadiums. It goes from you know from educators in a classroom um, to you know obviously the drummer on, on the Tonight Show. There's a there's a very wide range of of, uh, of talent, and all of them are great players and, and, and do tremendous things and there's value to what they do. Um, it, you know, for, for us, we, we keep a very limited focus on, on the roster. We try to keep the, the quantity to, to a, a, quite a minimum. We, you know, we like to focus more on the quality of the relationship more than we focus on the quantity for us. It's about how can we uh, further um, sort of, be available for a lot of collaborative efforts because at the end of the day, you know, as you mentioned, it's not, it's not a one way street, you know, we're sort of in this together, you know, the artist is endorsing the brand and the brand is endorsing the artist. It's never one or the other um, for Ludwig, at least, you know, for us, it's about um, a collaboration. It's about a relationship. It's about a, um, uh, 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 an effort um, as 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 two components um, really telling that story. So so yeah, you, you'll find a, a very wide range of, of of artists, especially today. You know, we, we obviously have a long list of, of classic, uh, world-renowned drummers like like Buddy Rich and, and Ringo Starr and Jim Bonham, uh, but many contemporary artists today in, in, in many different genres. I think uh, Ludwig was for, for many years recognized as sort of the rock and roll brand or classic rock band. And, you know, our, sort of understanding the versatility of our product and, and the capacity of, of, of what we could achieve with our product as far as versatility. You know, we, we, we attract players of, of, of many different styles and, and backgrounds and, and we're excited by drummers of many different styles and, and backgrounds where we're very much influenced by the community that we service. And at the end of the day, to sum it up, that's drummers. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. As long as you're a drummer, you're, you're a friend as far as I'm concerned, you know, and we want to get to know you. We want to know what it is that you do, why you do it, what excites you, and really how our product can fit into that um, into that area. And if it doesn't, what could we do to design something that does? You know, the company was founded on servicing drummers. You know, William F. Ludwig I, he invented a pedal to make the drummer's ability to play their instrument much easier. It wasn't about starting up some, some enterprise company that took over the world. It was mostly, hey, we have this idea. We struggle with it as players ourselves. We know our peers in the industry struggle with it as well. We're going to design a product to answer, to have an answer to that. And I think, you know, luckily we haven't strayed away from that, that one common thing that, 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 that founded Ludwig all these years later. We continue to to try to work towards that goal and that initiative day after day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, I'll be the first to, to say 
Um, you know, I, I've gone through, I don't know how many speed Kings over the years I've been playing <laughs> about 30 years. And when the, when the, seriously, I, and I am not joking at all. When the Atlas pro pedal came out, I was one of the early adopters. I was like, this is a modern pedal that looks like a speed King. I must have it. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just, and it's an incredible piece of gear. Um, and you guys are, are doing some incredible stuff on the hardware side of the, of the equation and you know just um you know i'm heaping praise but it's it's well deserved um you you guys yeah for sure i mean you guys have have always just uh had drummers backs and you know as a drummer i certainly appreciate it you know for sure um uli i'm gonna ask you to put your marketing hat back on now um (laughs) so uh I, i would be remiss if i didn't at least ask the question what can you tell us about nam which is coming up here in just uh three or four short months um anything that you can give us a sneak peek into for ludwig or or is it too early to give it away well, you know, I could sort of allude to a, a few things, and and uh, next year is going to be a pr- pretty big year for us. It's our 110th anniversary, so um, there's going to be a lot of celebratory sort of limited edition items that harken back to a lot. You'll, you'll find components that harken back to a lot of popular designs and styles of our past, so, you know, I could... I can't go beyond that, but for you vintage collectors and vintage aficionados uh, and fans, there's going to be some really cool stuff to get excited about. And, you know, interestingly enough, um, you know, a lot of that classic um, vibe and design and sound, you know, still um, has an audience with, with a very young generation now, which is, which is fantastic. So, um, you know, we, we've been uh, very fortunate, um, and, and excited by the um, uh, the reception that we've had on uh, on our new sonic line of drums that just came out this year, which is sort of you know as as classic of a look and sort of feel and vibe as it had. It was one of our more contemporary designs of, of the last uh, several years, um, and, and this year, sort of coming into an anniversary, we're, we're going to celebrate Ludwig. You know, it's a, it's a celebration of Ludwig and. We're, we're definitely going to show that with, with some really exciting uh, limited uh, releases and, and, and just standard catalog items, too, which would be really cool. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'm excited. <laughs> so uh, so basically, every drum made next year is going to be a three-ply shell, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. Uli did not say that. So Jamie said that. Send your letters to... Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um Uli, one of our traditions here on the Drum Shuffle, and I want to be respectful of your time. I appreciate you coming on. But one of our traditions here is we always ask our guests for a good piece of advice. And this can come from the marketing world. This can come from the artist relations world. It can come from the the, the drum playing world. Just share with us a good piece of advice. Don't doubt your passion. You know, I'm trying not, you know, I don't want to sound corny, but don't doubt your passion. I think there was many times that I did coming up over the years and sort of reflecting on my career. I'm sort of glad that I, you know, as much as I try to give up on it because I felt it was a risk, you know, committing to something that at the end of the day brings you a lot of joy. It's like, no, you know, it's, it's, 
because for me, I'm, I'm like a kid working at a toy store, you know, for sure. Um, and I never thought that you could craft a, a career, professional career from it. And, and, you know, you know, raise a family with, with, with a career and, you know, talking to drummers and, you know, designing drums and what that. Um, but I've been lucky enough to, to do that. And I think it, it comes from, you know, not straying too far away from what my passion has been. It's always been drums at any capacity. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's playing, if it's teaching, if it's repairing, if it's, you know, marketing, you know, it was, I, it, it's always been drums for me. So no matter what you find to be your passion coming up, as a musician or as a drummer or whatever, anything that you do commit to that passion 110% and you will learn that it, 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 it will bet you, you'll benefit from it. Um, and you'll be glad that you did. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I always, I always tell people that because I, I had to remind myself that several times and, and now looking back, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I, that I did give myself that reminder, sort of stick with it and keep following my passion. Oh, that's, Fantastic advice, Uli. Hey, man, thanks so much for for stopping by the drum shuffle. We appreciate it so much. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw the invite out after everything is announced in January of 19 uh, at NAMM. I would love to have you back to talk about all of the the special limited edition releases that Ludwig's going to have. Come back and and we'll give you guys an hour to talk about all the cool stuff that's going to be coming out for Ludwig's 110th anniversary. That'd be great, man. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Um, And I look forward to chatting again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Uli, have a great evening, sir. You too, man. All right. See ya. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for episode 39 of the Drum Shuffle. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. We cannot do what we do over here without everybody tuning in each week. Uh, Our heartfelt thanks go out to you. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen in. We have some great episodes coming up that you're not going to want to miss. And as always, please keep your emails coming throughout the week. We love hearing from you. The Drum Shuffle Podcast at gmail.com is the address to reach us. Of course, our web address is thedrumshuffle.com, and you can find more information on me over at jamieeds.com. Next week, we're going to be joined by Jazz Great bill stewart uh he took some time out of his schedule to call in from his tour world tour with the jazz legend uh john schofield so uh gonna have a great conversation with bill next week and you're not gonna want to miss that again thank you so much for tuning in we really do appreciate it so until next time may your head stay strong and your sticks never break cheers cheers